Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This episode of The Kindness Project was recorded live on Facebook during lockdown, which explains why we're probably still talking about being stuck indoors. I hope you're enjoying your time outside to the fullest, and thanks for listening to The Kindness Project. In The Kindness Project, we talk about positive news, philosophical questions, and we're joined by Louise Baker. Good morning, welcome to hey 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 dudes hey dudes. Uh, welcome to the Sunday morning edition of the Kindness Project. I'm joined by a girl who is rocking a bit of plaid at the minute. I like the shirt, Charlotte. Thank you. It's Charlotte Dames. And I'm joined by the man who picked a very weird time to start reading the paper. You know what? It's Chris I, I, I only buy a paper on a over a weekend. I normally get the eye, and I was just flicking through it to see if I could find any positive news stories Just be um, he hasn't suggested we start a Sunday segment of the eye quiz <laughs> right what's the matter with the eye quiz the eye quiz, quiz is amazing and we are joined by a special Sunday morning guest today uh, there's only one phrase that I think about Louise when I think about her and I've said her name too early that was weird um, loving your work it's Louise from Postcards of Kindness how are you Louise very well thank you how are you both we're doing yeah Yeah, we're doing we're doing well we're doing well um let's talk about um what should we talk about today tonight you're usually the one that plans everything yeah i set up your plans now system (laughs) so i do the work and you just like bold up and go like well what should we uh this is my job this is my job Firstly, let's say hello while we think about something to talk about this morning. Um, we'll um, we'll say hello to Steve, Paul, Desmond, Justin, and Russell who have tuned tuned in this bright and early morning. And I, w- I just want to talk about one thing. Now we've been running the Kindness Project, Louise, now for about two and a half years. And yeah. thanks for coming back on because I know you've been in out on our audio podcast already, haven't you? I have, yes. Um, so, so thanks for coming on and joining us. Your 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 audio podcast was one of our most popular ones, actually. So we really appreciate you coming back for the live. But as That's quite right. <laughs> th- thank you. But as you know, um, we do a thing on the Kindness Project called Question of the Podcast, right? And uh, we try and mix the questions up between some really deep philosophical questions and just some like stuff that just is every day. And while we expect people to jump on the deep philosophical questions to share their opinions, yeah. we actually get more answers on stuff like, who's your favourite Muppet? Well, well, this, and this, I'm pretty sure that's my question. I've got a question about which Muppet would you be? And, and remind us, remind us who was your favourite Muppet? Um, I think I said Beaker, um, the, the scientist. Um, I, love his, I love his crazy hair. Beaker beak is a good choice. Animal's the right answer, clearly. Oh. But let's not, let's, not even, let's not even go there. Let's not even go there. But uh, we asked a question uh, earlier earlier this week that beat the Muppet question for the first time in two years. Oh, no. And it was it was about ice cream flavours. Like literally, I asked the question, and we had like I we had to we had to continue the answers into the next live show because there was just so many, and also because you posted the question shortly before this episode. That is true. That is true. So, Louise, what's your favourite ice cream flavour? Um, pistachio. 
fine choice. Fine Any choice. nutty. I like a, I like a nutty choice. <laughs> um, but I thought, look, let's let's follow that theme and let's follow that thread and let's ask a question that was as pointless as what's your favourite ice cream flavour as opposed to deep, like what do you want to be remembered for when you die? And um, uh, I went for what's your favourite crisp flavour? So that's today's question of the and podcast. And that's today's question of the podcast. So if you're watching live, Sarah, Ian, Hazel, Russ, uh, and you haven't answered already on the stream we've got on our Facebook or on Twitter or something like that, the question of the podcast is what's your favourite crisp flavour? Louise, what's your thought on that? Um, I would say salt vinegar. Salt vinegar? Yeah, good choice, good choice. Somebody reminded me, actually, and again, I will talk about it later in the podcast, that um, I think it was Walker's years ago bought out a hedgehog-flavoured ice cream. <laughs> Flav- not ice cream, he- hedgehog-flavoured crisp. Oh, yeah, I know. what do hedgehogs even taste like? Don't know, don't know. I, I think, I think, what do you... <laughs> Sorry, we're getting comments from the audience. Well, what was that? Delicious, apparently, is the is the answer. Can you let people know where they can uh, they can find us? Okay, so if you are watching this live, welcome. You're already in our Facebook, but if you're not, we are. If you just search the Kindness Project podcast in the search bar, it just pops up, which is absolutely brilliant, and it makes it very easy finding the page. I have tried it multiple times. Good. Um. The Twitter is at Ola Kindness. Yeah. The website is, if you just search it, which is actually pretty brilliant too, yeah. um, it will crop up. Uh, the email is ola at thekindnessproject.co.uk. And I think I've covered them all. MySpace, yeah. Friends Reunited. Yeah, Friends Re- yeah. Reunited is www.friendsreunited.com forward slash we don't exist anymore. <laughs> that's that's where we are on Friends Reunited. Um, uh, so... Um, if you're new to the Kindness Project, and you might be, uh, this is a little podcast that we've been running for a couple of years, dedicated to just sharing stories of, of amazing people doing great things in the world, um, which is why we've got Louise on to tell us about the project that she runs, uh-huh. which is pretty amazing stuff. Um, I've had an answer for the question. Oh, podcast. yeah. Sarah, Sarah Drain Griffiths said, McCoy Flame Grilled Steak flavour, which sounds... Pretty tasty, actually. Now, one thing we do, Louise, we've got a, an amazing friend of mine called Dave, who um, who does a does a bit of research for us every single day. Well, it's and, not uh, specifically for. It, well, it's not specifically for us, but he does share it with us every day, and he shares a a um, a little thing he calls reasons to be cheerful no we call it that he calls it silver linings okay do you want to tell um do you want to tell uh, louise and our audience about what's going on uh, in dave's yes. world at the minute okay so uh today oh this this is from an hour ago yes today would have been the london marathon with thousands of people visiting over the off capital to watch the runners compete <laughs> or just complete the 26 mile challenge oh, it's okay oh no <laughs> Oh, no. Louise, I was due to run the marathon today. Um, oh, no. Um, so um, I, I need to work out a way to... Run 26 miles well, a day. Go oh, on, mate. But there's one thing I want to mention. <laughs> Shall I go now? Yeah. I'll get me coach, shall I? 
Um, one thing I want to mention is the 2.6 challenge. So there's a uh-huh. there's a there's a challenge going on at the minute where, and I think it was designed for people who um, were due to run the marathon and can't um, uh-huh. to reply effectively replace what they're doing so they continue to raise money for charity. Now I haven't worked out yet what my um, two point my my thing I need to do to replace the marathon needs to be and there was somebody who's running for the charity that I was running for St Francis Hospice who yesterday shout out to Andy Furno who did an amazing DJ set last night well done Andy um, who did um, who did twenty six miles on a treadmill in her front garden um, to uh-huh. replicate the marathon now I'm not doing that. Um, but listeners, if you've got any suggestions um, that where um, I can um, uh, replicate 26 of something, I'm thinking, Louise, that I might try just eating 26 cakes. That'd be a, that'd be a fair comparison, wouldn't no, it? No, because then we'd have to buy 26 cakes or make 26 cakes. What do you think? What should I do 26 of? Uh, you could write 26 postcards. Ah, so, see, see that—that's a—that's a really good idea. We. 20... I was gonna—I was gonna suggest you do twenty-six gym sessions today. Go on, get started. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we okay, Um Twenty-six gym sessions in a day. I mean, I think the most I've ever done in a day um, is probably six. So adding another twenty to that is—is—is is, is probably not what what I want to do. Justin Gaffney has given us an answer to today's question in the podcast. He's um, said prawn cocktail and. Uh, Kelly Barker said Walker's Worcester sauce, Worcester sauce, uh, and Sarah Jane said McCoy's grilled steak. And Justin's getting involved with the uh, two point six. He's going to eat two point six Sunday roasts. That sounds amazing. Washed down with two point six bottles of gin. Probably a bit too much gin, mate. If I'm honest, but. <laughs> Um, uh, and Cassie reckons she's sitting listening from the sofa she reckons that I should um, take the mower 26 times down the garden nice nice idea but we'll, uh, we'll save that for later um, so yeah so, so, done reading that oh so go on carry on okay the Children's Society have decided to challenge us for the number 26 instead raising money for disadvantaged children do something, anything related to the number 26 or 2.6. It's up to you. Have fun. Yeah. A London photographer is capturing images of the lockdown through people's windows with their permission. I'm glad you added the with their permission there because it would have been weird if there was a photographer who was just taking photos through people's houses. Hide me. <laughs> um, yeah, I like, I like those hey. two. They, they are amazing. So um, what are you going to be doing that involves 20... Uh, 26 or 2.6 we want to hear your story so and thanks again for dave um to dave who's actually i watched 26 movies are you going to fit in 26 movies in 24 hours i'm gonna do it are you gonna watch multiple movies at the same time i've done it before now, Louise, you, you're you're on a bit of a mission to watch a movie today, aren't you? You were telling us before the podcast. Uh, yeah, are you? Yeah. So, what what movie? I know you're going to be watching Harry Potter. What's your favourite Harry Potter movie, and why? Um, I think uh, I, I like as uh, Prisoner of Azkaban because I I love Sirius Black, the character, okay. and I love sort of the the realization of sort of the story arc. So, I think I'd say Prisoner of Azkaban is my favourite. Okay, and what, what are you for? Uh, you know what? I'm not. 
I, I hadn't seen the Lars two, to be honest. So I, I started getting into them, but I did. I've, I've sort of fallen out of love with them. And actually, I think the last two would float my boat. How about you? I I like the first one because like the whole thing is like it's the introduction. So all the kids are kind of like in this sense of amazement, and they're just like enjoying everything. Yeah. And like even if they're getting into trouble, they're still like. Oh, they're just having fun. Yeah. Like, even when they're not having quite so much fun, they've still got this, like, little bit of joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it's the first one because they're still kids, aren't they? They're still, they're still, they're still kids. Having a good have you, Louise, have you been to Harry Potter World? I have, yeah. Been, we've been twice. We haven't been yet. Is it any good? Yeah, it's brilliant. Really good. That's uh, on our list of places to go. Uh, as soon as lockdown's over, because now we've watched the films again, uh, we can take the children back and they can see everything in context. Um, yeah, you know, you know what's interesting. I, I, we haven't been yet, but we, we, um, we are certainly getting our lo- after lockdown list of places we need to go. And to be honest, I'm gonna have to take about three months off work because, because a lot of the, the list keeps on growing, right? <laughs> Yeah, um, we're the same. We've got uh, several theme parks and things that we need to go to, so we've got quite a big list. Yeah. Uh, morning, Loretta. How are you doing? And morning, Trevor. I hope you're doing well. Morning, dudes. Um, morning, dudes. Um, so, uh, we want to speak to Louise about what she's up to. So, Louise, tell us a little bit about you. Okay, so uh, my name's Louise. Hi. Um, and I am um, a marketing assistant for a care company called Your Health Limited. And um, do you know what? We're actually approaching the first anniversary, but uh, this time last year, I created a Facebook group that was launched towards the summer, um, which encourages people to send postcards to care homes. So so it's a, you, you've been running just under a year, right? Yeah, so I, I think I actually established the Facebook group, sort of got it all set up in, um, in April last year. So the Facebook group itself is probably a year old now, but we launched in June. Yeah, so, not, not long, not long till our yeah. anniversary. Amazing, and it's called Postcards of Kindness, isn't it? It is, yeah. Postcards T- of Kindness, the group. T- tell us about, as opposed to the book or the or the or the album or the, or the film <laughs> or, the, or the actual postcards. Um, so tell us, tell us a bit about Postcards of Kindness, the group. Um, so Postcards of Kindness, um, the reason we call it the group is because when we uh, launched it for our own care, uh, our own care company the year before, uh, we used the hashtag Postcards of Kindness, um, and I wanted people to differentiate to know that this was the place where they could come. Um, so the group is a community, an online community, um, currently with 40,500 members, um, and it's a place where people can come together and find care homes that uh, want to receive posts, uh, and a place where um, care homes can come and share some of the, uh, the impact of the posts they're getting. So it's sort of an all-encompassing community for the, the Postcards of Kindness project. So tell me a little bit about where the idea came from. Um, so the idea actually launched in 2018. Um, we ran it um, for our company. Uh, we've got 10 care homes and uh, my manager, um, a lady called Vicky, uh, went on holiday with her family and ran out of family to write postcards to. Um, and her little boy was sort of quite keen to carry on practicing his writing. So she decided to send a postcard each to um, our 10 homes. Um, and when when she got back, we had a bit of a, a, um, a discussion about it all and thought we, it'd be really nice if we could launch a bit of a project for our homes to ask their friends and family to send cards. 
Um, so we launched it out on social media and, and it blew up. We didn't expect it to go any further than friends and family, um, but we had press clubs from around the world. Um, so last year we were looking at a way um, that we could run it again, but we could involve more people and the group was born. Yeah, and we've, we've, we've been involved over the past mm. year, haven't we? You know that, do you remember that time when you could actually go out? What the last time, I think we were in, I think we were in Rotterdam last year was we're, it rotterdam we're looking or up not? into the distance as it we could, imagine the scenario it could have been rotterdam or anywhere but home um but it was yeah so we um we sent our own postcards in to some of the care homes how did it work practically so what, what do people do to get involved so the, the main thing that people do is uh, join the group first um, because that's where all the information is. Um, so come and join the group if you're not already a member. Um, you'll find their uh, spreadsheets. It's the easiest way we found to keep a tabs on all of the homes. Um, every single home that wants to be involved is in a spreadsheet and you can choose an address any way you fancy because they're organised in alphabetical or by location, however you choose. Choose uh, as many homes as you want to write to. Um, and pop something in the post and it doesn't even have to be a postcard it could be um, a greetings card a letter um, we have people that send in items for reminiscence so um, song lyrics for songs that uh, residents might have sung sort of when they were children uh, so there's a broad spectrum of things that people are sending now it's not just holiday postcards but um, come and join the group and that's where it starts amazing and and the, i mean the project's grown massively over the course of the year um how many care homes are you now? Uh, is your is your community now sending postcards to? Um, um, and how many how many postcards did the two thousand? It's uh, it's slightly more than two thousand now, but that was the last big milestone that we went we went past. So two two thousand care homes, and do you know how many postcards get sent? I I couldn't hazard a guess. We started I think we started um, clocking them um, in September. Um, so Emily, who made our Google document spreadsheet for us. Um, does a lot of technical things so shout out to emily because I'm, I'm awful with technology thanks emily we appreciate um, that counter on there so people can um sort of click if they've sent a postcard but it only works for the, the first postcard that's sent so we know that we've had at least ten and a half thousand postcards sent out since September, but that's only on the basis that each home has only received one card a week, and also doesn't count what was sent from June. So it's we're in the region of tens of thousands. T tens of thousands of postcards. Yeah. And what are, what are the what, what do you think the residents of the care homes who receive the postcards get out of this? So we're lucky enough to have a lot of the homes um, on the page um, sort of telling us when they receive the cards, telling us the impact that they're having. It makes a lot, um, they make a lot of difference to the residents, um, particularly now. Um, it's, it's a way to keep them in contact with their local community and it's a way to keep them in contact with the world. They have um, a lot of opportunities to have conversations with other residents and staff members. So they're sort of almost opening a window to the rest of the world and also to memories that sort of they're still there, um, but they're, they're prompts for those memories. Amazing. So so what we're going to do at the end, we've had a comment from Justin says uh, uh, he already loves the idea. And Justin's uh, Justin's an amazing nurse uh, that I've known for a few years. Um, and uh he's good he wants to connect with you so i'll make that connection after the uh after the podcast if you don't mind because mm -hmm. he he says yeah, that fine. there's a there's a few ways that he thinks he can help with your project and vice versa so that'll be that'll be okay. good that'd be good to do um how has uh, how has postcards for kindness changed in the current situation you know as we uh, as we tackle these challenging times and people are not traveling anymore 
we've had, I think a lot of the members have had to make adaptations of their own. We have sort of members who are self-isolating who maybe um, feel, they feel a little guilty because they, they can't get out to post as many postcards, but that, that doesn't matter at all because them just being part of the, the community and the conversation um, is, is what matters. The fact that we're able to help them, keep them in contact with their, everybody as well. Um, we've actually had quite a sharp increase in um, care homes since um, a lot of them closed their doors. Um, our, we sort of made quite an early decision to stop non-essential um, visitors just to keep everybody safe. Um, a lot of care homes have done the same. In fact, probably all of them have under the, the current lockdown. Um, and a lot of them have found out about us and come to join in because the postcards are something that they can still receive. Uh, we've had guidance from the Royal Mail that it's still safe to, to send posts and, and to receive posts. Um, so a lot of them have come to find us after the fact because it's a new way to make sure that uh, residents are stimulated with conversation but also so that they don't feel forgotten so they're receiving posts from family but also new friends as well yeah it's a it's 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 just another method of staying connected isn't it that's the thing it's just that it's just that level of uh level of connection talk to me about the story you think describes the work you do at postcards of kindness the best do you know what i've been thinking about this long and hard since you sent over sort of the, the prompt questions and i can't think of one and i actually love the fact that i can't think of one single story because it means that we've got so many success stories so many heartwarming stories that nothing sort of i don't sort of have one that is singled out of all the rest well you know you know what you know what you know everything that we hear about and everything that we see is that you know is a lovely story um we did have one lady i think that came over to a care home from australia she'd um, been writing to them from australia and when she was over in the UK anyway, she um, went to see them and took sort of um, a, a presentation photos and things. So they got to see everything firsthand that she'd written about. Yeah. That was that was really lovely. I loved the impact of that on the residents. But your your Facebook group is full of stories, like like jam-packed full of stories <laughs> of amazing stuff going on. I mean, if I want cheering up, I'll go on to Postcards of Kindness and, and take a look at some of the, the really the really heartwarming stories. You know what's weird? It reminded me of a conversation we had on a podcast. It's got to be about a year and a half ago now. Was I there? Did you... <laughs> Yeah, you were hosting the podcast with me. Do you remember? Mm. This was one of our conversations, not, uh, oh, not a guest oh, interview. Okay. Uh, and one of our favourite shows was... Um, uh, I don't know if you remember it, Louise, or, or, or whether you ever saw it. It was Old People's Home for Eight-Year-Olds. Oh. Did you ever see that show? Yeah. And I just... What, I, what we loved about it, and again, like, sort of... It, got, it was one of those things. It was like the first ten minutes of Up... Um, like it was one of those shows where the room got a bit dustier and my tear ducts started to go a bit. Especially the final episode. What happened in the final episode? They all did the presentation and they all got up and like performed and there was that woman and she hadn't danced in like years because she thought she couldn't do it anymore and the two guys held her up as she tap danced. It was like... Oh, I love that. I love that. You know what? That human connection, just like, and spanning across generations mm. is super powerful. And yeah. I'd imagine kids get into this, right? Writing postcards for the for, for the people in the care homes. Kids love it, seem to love it, don't they? I know my daughter does. They do, yeah, they do. We've got um, we've got a lot of schools that are taking part with key worker children. So there are still schools open looking after the key worker children, um, and they're almost sort of having it as a project to to introduce different strains of creativity, community, um, to teach them a little bit about intergenerational friendships as well. So they're sort of having that as an educational tool we've got children obviously who've got 
very a very sort of real prospect of goodness knows how many weeks of, of not really knowing when they're going to see their friends again but they're still able to keep in contact with the friends that they've made sort of either at school or with their parents via the postcards group as well so yeah. it's it's really helping to keep the children connected as much as it is that the residents yeah do you think in that that encouragement of intergenerational friendships in terms of what we can learn from each other is really important mm-hmm. Definitely, yes, definitely. I think the fact that they're writing to uh, the residents and the, re- the residents in, in a lot of cases are writing back. The children love it just as much as the residents do and I think they are getting a real insight into a different world and it, yeah. it does remind them that there are, there are people that live in very different circumstances to themselves so it's it's been amazing to see those friendships form as well. Oh, I love it, absolutely love it. Um, what's the most remote place you've received a postcard from and, and what... What was the postcard you've received most close of, close to home? Now, just just want to give some context on this. On the kindness project, we're we're often lucky enough to get approached to with people who want to come on and and tell their stories. Um, and a lady that we really really like, who does a interestingly has a, has got a project in China that connects um, Chinese students with elderly the elderly in the UK. Um, um, to befriend them, to help the Chinese students learn English, but also give some company to to the elderly in the UK. And we we did a we, we're actually doing a live next week with Dina, who runs that organisation, to to share her story. The next day, we've got a interview with a lady called Danielle, who literally lives two streets away. And it's it's interesting how you like you can you can like. Kindness is universal, isn't it? You know, you can get stories from China, but stories right on your doorstep. So, what what postcards have you? What stories have you had, like from the furthest way away, but also right on your doorstep? Um, so, we have quite a few people, particularly in lockdown, who might not necessarily be able to um, sort of send postcards too far. But if on their walk they pass a care home, they've been keeping in contact with them. So, we I have can drop people. it in who have chosen to keep in contact with their local homes. Before um, lockdown, there were sort of quite a few that would, you know, pop in and say hello. They've become sort of volunteer befrienders almost. Um, there were people that are writing to uh, a care home in sort of their old local. So they might have grown up in a community and moved away, but they've chosen that community to write to. Um, and then we've had postcards, you know, similarly, um, as with um, your lady uh, who's got the project in China. We've had postcards from China and Taiwan and um, the Americas. We've also got um, a group that have joined us um, in uh, Africa, South Africa. Okay. Um, so I would say probably the postcards that they're sending, sending and receiving have probably been from sort of the furthest to remotest places. Um, but it has been, you know a care home in the street next door and a care home on the side of the world amazing amazing good stuff so, so what's next for the postcards for kindness um to be honest i don't think we have any huge ambitions just yet other than trying to keep going because i think what we're doing at the moment has been particularly important to the homes and it's really important to the senders the people who are sending postcards as well so i don't want to try and change the format or introduce anything different because I, I know how much value people are getting from the, the project at the moment. So um, somebody else actually, we had um, an article like quite recently asked um, a very similar question, and all I could think of saying was we just want to keep up the good work. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a bit of a cliche, but that's that's all I'm really interested in at the moment, is just making sure that those connections are being made. Um, and, you know, if an opportunity arises, then we'd, you know, definitely jump for 
bigger and better things but I just I'm satisfied with with what we've got at the moment because it's such a lovely community you know you know what you don't want really to lose that community feel right you don't want to if it's not broken don't fix it and yep. I don't want to you know there are little nuances little things that we can change to make things easier for people but I don't I don't think we have any huge ambitions of changing the format because people love what we do and they it love works. what they do. So yeah, it absolutely works. And was it was it because it started with your care homes? What was the jump to to just making that uh, just a a, a a genuinely more like sort of collaborative affair? Um, so I mean, we realised. Um, I keep referring to last year, but actually it was the year before. So when we ran it in 2018, just for our care homes, we were sort of, when we we, we went viral, um, we had sort of a few local news articles and a few national um, as well. We were contacted by care homes who wanted to know if they could, they sort of approached us really tentatively and said, could we steal the idea? And sort of my, uh, my boss, Nikki, and I sort of looked at each other and just went, well, you know, it's, it's not really, it's not ours, you know, but to be stolen, you know, go for it. And then, so last year, um, in 2019, when we launched the Facebook group, the intention of that was to make sure that the homes who wanted to be involved could be, and yeah. they didn't have to feel like they were stealing anyone's idea or, or jumping on board um, with something else. We wanted them to know that there was a place where they could come. And similarly, we were approached by a lot of senders who said, I'd love to do this to a local care home, but I don't know if they want to hear from me. So again, it's a place where they can come and they know exactly who wants to hear from them. So it was sort of born from seeing how popular and how other care homes reacted the year we launched it. Uh, we wanted to do the collaboration sort of last year, leading into this year, um, because it's just carried on beyond our wildest dreams. It, it was just so that we could involve more people and so they knew how to get started. Absolutely love it. Thank you for doing it. It's uh, it's amazing. Now, I, I know I know where to find you because that's the place that I go when I need a bit of good news. But where can um, other people find you? Um, so we are we're a private group just because there are so many of us and we wanted to try and, uh, and keep everybody nice and safe. But uh, if you request a membership um, with the membership questions, we can approve you. So search on Facebook for Postcards of Kindness hyphen the group um, and have a look through um, the, uh, the information. Request to join and uh, we'll take it from there for you. Amazing! Thank you for coming on, especially on a Sunday morning, right? And I know, I know the, I know the kids, I know the kids are gaming downstairs, and this is a, a bit of peace and quiet for you. So thanks for, thanks for coming on and joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, That's all right. um, now, what we're going to do is just mention some of the questions of the um, of the podcast. Um, Paula mentioned the fine work that Andy's doing, um, and Dawn Kirk said, "Love this idea." Uh, we all love helping out. So if you're not a member of the Postcards of Kindness Facebook group, get on there, join, um, and, and just get involved. It's such a really easy way to support the people, um, to, to support the people who, um, who, who are involved with that. And certainly a lot of the conversations we have on the Kindness Project are about um, loneliness, um, particularly uh, as people get older and there's uh, some amazing um, initiatives out there uh, one uh, podcast that we did uh, was a guy with a guy called Jason who's part of the Age UK um, incentive that um, is a befriending scheme and there's loads of befriending schemes out there where you can spend half an hour every week talking to somebody who's, um, who's loneliness and what was really interesting about Jason's story was that 
he found that um, he found that like it started off him wanting to give back and he's a friend with this lady in Liverpool who's in her 90s and their mutual love for music um, particularly the Beatles in that occasion meant that they're just mates now and they just get on really well um, so please get involved with Postcards for Kindness it's one of my favourite causes and I'm sure that if you join the group it'll be one of yours too um, but Let's talk about something super serious. <laughs> uh, off the back of what's your favourite ice, ice cream, cream flavour? We're now on. What's your favourite crisp flavour? And so uh, Charlotte's going to tell you some of the answers. Okay, so Lucy Patrick says prawn cocktail. Cassie Dames, hi mum. <laughs> sitting over there. Well, apparently, we don't communicate by voice anymore. We just go. We, we just, communicate we just, by face. We just got, well, we were talking. We were talking in uh, Friday's podcast about the fact that you only now respond to me um, not, via not Spotify now messages. Me out of the Spotify. <laughs> yeah, true. Okay, Cassie Dames. Hang on. <laughs> sausage and tomato, and there's a reply to that, that about that not being so nice. I guess uh, Tracy Dames says salt and vinegar. Steve Dan is that? Am I Steve Dan? Yeah. There's no extra way to pronounce that extra F. No. Uh, cheese and no, onion. No, it's not Steve Dan. No. <laughs> Go on. Hayley Ball said beef monster munch. Oh yeah, I love it. What are we? What are we thinking about monster munch, Louise? Are we up for monster munch? Oh yeah, definitely. Either the roast beef or the, the pickled onion. Though I'm not a huge spice fan, so the flaming hot ones weren't so great. But uh, pickled, yeah, pickled onion, definitely. Um, Catherine Knowles, that's how you say it, isn't it? Well, apparently, there's a lady who follows the podcast and um, is, a, is a friend called Eve Keith, who on Twitter, um, and you can find her uh, at Eve Keith, I think it's 1979, started a World Cup of crisps recently <laughs> where she's pitting crisps against each other. Um, so Catherine just said, look, have you seen what's going on on Twitter? Uh, Caroline Thompson. Tomato ketchup. No. Georgia, Georgia Costi. Salt and vinegar. There we go. Carol Staunton said co-op own brand salt and vinegar. Now that's going back to what... You know what? We had a conversation on the podcast, <laughs> right? And I, I've never heard this before. Apparently there's a thing, Louise, called off-brand chocolate. Like, not a snicker, <laughs> but a snacker. Uh, or whatever it is. And Charlotte's a fan of... Have you ever had an off-brand chocolate? What's your favourite off-brand chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> do, you know, I, do you know what? I can't think of any. Um, usually, It's usually the supermarket own, isn't it? But I actually found um, a thread the other day where they had sort of um, the off-brand ones, and there was one called um, a Cot Cat, which was a Kit Kat. A Cot Cat. But they've got round it by changing the name ever so slightly. That looks quite interesting. I... Weirdly, that's my next Google search. A cock cat. I, I want to get a bit of cock cat in my life. The weird thing is, this time last year, we were just getting back from being in Japan. And Japan has got hundreds of flavours of Kit Kat. So we had... What did we have? Uh, sakura, matcha, green tea. Are you just saying words now or what? 
Yeah, there is just loads and loads of different Kit Kats, but I've never had a Cock Cat. I need to get one in my life, I think. Yeah, you do, you do. Um, Mark Newman said, Walker's Max Flame Grilled Steak. Tamsin Kane said, the Aldi, specifically Aldi, sea salt and balsamic vinegar. That sounds quite nice. Um, Trev Robinson just said... Old school Trev, fish and chips, they're quite good. Uh, David Dennison said beef and onion. Uh, uh, where are <laughs> what, are you, what are you thinking about? Uh, Serena Duffy said smoky bacon or prawn cocktail. Hazel Grace said Worcestershire sauce or pickled onion. Margaret Nash said Walker's prawn cocktail. Nick Ramsden said scampi and lemon knickknacks and John Sharman loves this answer because he's he's not st- he's not just given the answer to the crisp right what he's done he started the answer and then posted a packet of the crisps as a picture right oh, so this is what he says I tell you what Chris Dames give these ones a little go you won't be disappointed and they are McCoy's chip shop curry sauce Oh, crikey. <laughs> Why are you saying... <laughs> Look how many more answers we've got, and then there's eight more on Twitter. Okay, so Joshua Cartwright said hot and spicy monster munch. Alison Win- Win- Williams said my husband would definitely say salt and vinegar. Sharon Adkins said, now, here is my specialist subject. She really likes this one. Mm-hmm. Walker's Sensations Chicken and Time. That is a good choice. Um, worse than heroin, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. To be honest, I've had a, I've had a pack of work Walker's Sensations Chickens and Chicken and Time, but I haven't tried the other one, so I'm not really, <laughs> not really the person to comment. Um, from cocktail or salt and belly vinegar said Kelly Crouchman, and Johnny Piper said pickled onion monster munch. And I'll let you do the ones on Twitter, Charlotte. Yes, okay. Susan Pringle, appropriate name for this question. Oh yeah, that's it. I reckon I'm going to change my name by depot to Chris Salt and Vinegar. Where are you going to go from? I going to say Pringle there, and I was like, <laughs> Chris Kringle, Chris Kringle, Pringle. Um, no, Susan Pringle said prawn cocktail or salt and vinegar that stings your tongue. Um, and uh, uh, Susan's husband then bought Aroma pack of fish and chips, which is good. Um, Damien Clyburn said there are lots of nice ones. Paprika are good, but always revert back to cheese and onion walkers. MP? Yep. Okay, salt and vinegar, classic <laughs> and everlasting. MP, if that's your real name. On Twitter. <laughs> Lots of stars after your name. <laughs> M- MP star. Tony Slimmins, if that's your real name, Tony, <laughs> said I'm between Marmite and Worcester sauce. Uh, and Ed said Worcester sauce, definitely. Charlie Goodman said, Eve keeps running a hot debate. I eat a lot of barbecue pop chips. Now, I've been getting into pop chips. Mum gets pop, pop chips, and they're quite nice, aren't they? Sure. Have you had a pop chip, Louise? I don't think I have, no. Uh, yeah, really, really nice. Give them a go. Um, and Catherine Morgan's agreed, saying uh, frazzles. Frazzles are a good choice. I love a frazzle. Um, Nicola Harley's gone old school with salt and vinegar. Richard has said hedgehog flavour. Real thing, look it up. Um, John Cole said cheese and onion. And Beth and Davies has gone definitive and said the only answer to this question is prawn cocktail. Now, clearly, that's not the only answer because we've had a million different answers. Uh, But Beth and whatever floats your boat. Now, tis the end. But... The end is now not the end until we've had a really, really interesting, I'd say, joke. Now, 
the way he's prepared to be Charlotte's thing at the end now of every podcast is to tell us a joke that is absolutely terrible prepare to be underwhelmed are you ready mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> okay what's the difference between a guitar and a fish go up you can tune a guitar but you can't tune a fish Don't, don't laugh, Louise. It only encourages her. Please, please don't. She'll do it again next time. Now you've laughed. And on that note, my friends, thank you to Louise for coming on and and just like just frankly, I mean, just for the junk that wasn't worth it. But thank you. We really appreciate you sharing your story about postcards of kindness. Bye. Bye. Bye.